Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of If These Hills Could Talk. I'm your old buddy, Tennessee Brando, and I am super excited to be with you this week because for the longest time I've been saying to you, guys, I promise I'm going to have some guests on the show. And uh, this week I'm fulfilling that promise because I reached out to one of my favorite content creators on TikTok. Uh, she goes by the name The Hillbilly Exvangelical and uh, asked her if she would be interested to be on the show, and she was so kind to say yes. Uh, she and I sat down, and for a little over 46 minutes, we had one of the best conversations that I've ever had with anyone. And that's exactly the kind of uh, content and uh, show that I've been wanting to put out for a long time. Um, you know, she is so good at calling out the likes of Greg Locke and all these MAGA, far right-wing extremists. And uh, if you're familiar with her content on uh, TikTok and love what she does, trust me, you're absolutely going to love this conversation that she and I had because she brought it. And uh, she made me think and she brought across so many great points and she taught me a whole lot of things that I didn't know about. So trust me, in the words of Donald Trump, trust me, believe me, it's going to be huge. <laughs> it's a great conversation. Uh, and that's coming up here in just a second. But before we get to that, I do want to remind you guys of a few things. I am on Patreon, and I've been picking up some patrons here lately. So uh, I want to thank everyone who has become a patron. And if you've not yet, you can go to uh, patreon.com slash tnbrando, and for only 5 bucks a month, you can get uh, my content that I only share there. Uh, I don't share the uh, content anywhere else but on Patreon. You may get bonus podcast material. You may get stories behind songs. You may just get some random social commentary. Uh, you may, you know, get stories from the road. It's hard telling. I just try to put, uh, things on there that I don't share anywhere else. And so if you've not yet go over to, uh, patreon.com, uh, slash TN Brando, and you can uh, become a patron today for only five bucks. Uh, also want to remind you that I have added some, uh, merchandise to the merch store and that's on threadless.com. The easiest way though, for you to get to that site uh, I know most of the people listening to this has found me on TikTok. So if you'll go to my TikTok account and there in the bio, you will see a link tree. If you will click on that link tree, it will take you straight to the merch store, which is on threadless.com. We've got some really cool stuff on there. So be sure to check that out. And one last thing before we jump into this great conversation I had with the Hillbilly Exvangelical. Uh, for those of you that love my music and love seeing me and the band play, if you are in the Williamsburg, Kentucky area on November 26th, um, we will be at the Butcher's Pub in Williamsburg, Kentucky on November 26th from 7 to 10 p.m. We're going to be performing an original set of my music. And so uh, be sure to come on out. You know, that's the week of Thanksgiving. I know a lot of you are going to, you know, be doing your whole Thanksgiving thing with your family. You're going to be Black Friday shopping. You're going to be busy as hell. But you know what? When it's all said and done, you can uh, unwind by coming down to the Butcher's Pub. they got great food, great drinks, and that's what we're all about. You know, we're beer salesmen. We're alcohol salesmen. <laughs> so we're going to be there uh, selling alcohol to you on uh, Thanksgiving weekend. So uh, be sure to come out and enjoy the uh, the band with me. I've got an incredible lineup of our, of uh, players playing behind me now. I've got my good buddy, uh, Bouncing Brian Stansbury, on the drums. He was on the Roaring Twenty album. He was on Live at the Butcher's Pub. He was also played on over half of the last uh, Brando's Rubular Review album. Uh, I also have my old partner in crime, uh, Teddy Wilson. Uh, he will be playing the lead guitar. Uh, Teddy goes all the way back. I call him Buck. And you don't fuck with Buck. Uh, I, I call him Buck. Uh, we've been friends since about 05, 06. And we have played music together for so long. Uh, so he, he was an original member of the Real Billies. He's back picking with me now. And I'm so excited about that, picking with me in the band. Me, me and him has been doing duo shows forever. But now he's back picking in the band. Uh, and that's awesome. 
And uh, then on the bass, I have my good friend Cecilia Wright, uh, who played cello on the latest album. She was the cello on The Seven Sisters and Good People. But uh, she's playing the bass, and uh, Cecilia is one of the most badass musicians around. She's played on uh, albums from Tyler Childers and Sonora May, and uh, she's a major player that we're so happy and always honored to have on the stage with us, and uh, she really brings it on the bass. So we're going to be in Williamsburg, Kentucky, uh, November 26th from 7 to 10 at the Butcher's Pub. Be sure to come out and check that out. But, uh, folks, that's enough uh, bullshitting from me. You don't need to hear any more uh, stuff about me. So um, be sure to uh, uh, get out there and check out all I've got going on. But uh, enough bullshitting from me. You guys are absolutely going to enjoy this conversation that I had with my good friend Rochelle, or as she's known on TikTok, the hillbilly exvangelical. This is our conversation. Hope you enjoy it. All right, I'm here with my good friend Rochelle, or as she's known on TikTok, the hillbilly exvangelical. Thank you so much for being here on the show with me. How are you? Oh, I'm good. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. I'm great. That's, that's awesome. You know, uh, we, uh, we met on TikTok, which is something I've been saying a lot lately. I've met so, I've, I've met so many friends on the TikTok app and we met on there. Um, you're one of my favorite, uh, content creators. I don't remember exactly when we crossed paths, but I just immediately, uh, uh loved your content and knew that when I started having guests on the show, I definitely wanted to have you on. Are you there? Yeah, I cut out for a second. That's yeah, okay. I love your content also. I think we uh, kind of connected. Like, I think you had stitched one of my videos about uh, Greg. And I was yeah. like, oh, my gosh. And I saw you follow me by, back. And I'm like, I love this content creator. I was so excited. Well, that That's really awesome. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I think that, that was the first video I saw of you was, uh, was your uh, take on Greg Locke. And, you know, a whole lot of your, your content is based around Greg Locke. You've done such a good job of exposing him and pointing out, you know, the hypocrisy of it all. But one question I've always had is, like, when were you first made aware of Greg Locke? Like, when did you first discover that he was out there doing his thing? Oh, my goodness. I had a family member repost some of his nonsense, and it just disappointed me. He was going on – he kind of made his claim to fame doing his uh, Target bathroom rant. All yeah. back whenever Target was, you know, the whole transgender bathroom and evangelicals were like losing their mind over it. Yeah. And I had a family member repost that and I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. So that's kind of how like he got on my radio, my radar. And, uh, you know, he just appeals to people's homo. He, he appeals to people's homophobia and hatred of the left and. And uh, he also kind of got on my radar back with the COVID thing. Um, whenever he told his congregation that, you know, he didn't want them going to church if they were going to wear a mask. Yeah. And it was just like, <laughs> it's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think uh, it was after I started watching a lot of your videos. I, I don't remember. I can't honestly remember when I first became aware of him. He's kind of one of those things that he was kind of a, you know, you would hear about him from time to time, but then it seemed like his popularity just kept growing. 
until um, pretty soon. Yeah. Until early. And, and I think it was actually one of your videos that made me aware of the fact that he was here in Tennessee. <laughs> I, hadn't actually, huh? uh, I hadn't actually dug too deep into him yet. And I remember, I don't know, in my mind, I was thinking, oh, he's probably from, you know, out west somewhere. He's mid- Midwest. I don't know. I, I, I wasn't thinking, you know, he's not far from me at all. <laughs> and so uh, I was like, holy crap, this guy's in my backyard or close, you know, a couple hours away. And so, uh, But I really. Yeah, he's like. Uh, yeah, I really enjoy your takedowns because it, it, he, he's a guy that more people need to speak out against. Yeah. What's frustrating, though, is like on TikTok, it's so hard to call this guy out because he's so hateful that I yeah. get so many I get so many violations trying to call this call him out because he's just so hateful. Yeah. You know, they tag me for hate speech and I'm like. Oh, it's yeah. frustrating. Oh, I know. And I, I saw that happen to you and it's happened, it's happened some to me. It's happened to so many other creators and, uh, and they're, they're accused of hate speech and bullying for calling out hate speech and bullying, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, uh, and it makes, it makes no sense to me, um, that, uh, the, the whole TikTok uh, algorithm too, is something that me and so many of my friends have talked about, you know, how, um, it's just so unfair because, you know, really what happens is, uh, you know, for those out there listening to this that doesn't really know how TikTok works, uh, if, say, we make a video and uh, put it out there into the world, you know, if enough people, I don't really know how many people it takes, but all I know is if you get a, you know, if someone reports your video for harassment and bullying or for hate speech or for whatever they want to call it, uh, basically what yeah. happens is you just get the opportunity to hit a button that says submit an appeal. And when you hit that button, you don't get to tell your side of the story. Uh, you just right. hit that button and hope for the best. And some admin at TikTok or moderator, they're going to pull up the video. And if that particular moderator uh, d- agrees with that person, then your video is removed forever. And you, ne- you never really had right. any say. You never had any say in it. And uh, it's so funny to me because right. you know you talk about the, the locks of Greg Locke. He's one of these people who loves to talk about people being snowflakes and people wanting to strip away free speech. And yet he sicks his congregation on people like us to take away our free speech it's you know exactly but i did see today his whole his youtube channel got removed so i was like well that seems fair you know they keep taking us down for hate speech so they finally yeah. took him down on youtube today so i was kind of <laughs> yeah and you know you know i know i know you are too i don't even really have to ask this i know that both of us are reasonable people who's for freedom of speech but uh what Greg, Locke, yeah. what, what Greg Locke is doing is extremely dangerous. I mean, it's, I feel like, yeah. any, you know, it's, it, you remember the, you remember the cult leader, Jim Jones, um, you know, he, he, he convinced his followers, 900 people to drink the Kool-Aid and all, you know, commit suicide and force some of them to do so. I don't necessarily see that right. being Greg Locke's ending, but what I am seeing is him just stoking the flames and getting people so angry that they're apt to, you know, do violence on his part. Right. And he's actually encouraged violence uh, to his congregation on like, he's encouraged. uh, I don't know if you remember that clip where he, he encouraged his congregation to take up their second amendment right against quote unquote Democrat games yeah. And he's always pushing the civil war rhetoric and, you know, the black world. He's a member of the black robe regiment, which is um, the black robe regiment was something during the revolutionary war where uh, pastors would encourage their congregation to take up arms against with uh, against a tyrannical government. 
Well, Greg Locke is, of course, pushing the narrative that, you know, we're under a tyrannical government because they were asked to wear masks or whatever. Yeah. And so he's actually encouraging violence. And it's just. And not just toward Democrats, they recently had a thing where he was encouraging violence toward the Masons at his church because the Masons didn't want him to have his Halloween burning. Yeah. So this this guy is just, he's just dangerous all around. He is classic cult leader. He is. And he's so unhinged, you know, and I've I've heard, I've heard about his, you know, having armed guards at his church and like escorting people out. If he just, if he thinks, it comes off to me like if he even thinks someone's disagreeing with him, he points and has them escorted out. I mean, there's been several times where, and I'm sure I've saw these clips from you because a lot of the the Greg Locke stuff I see comes from the page. But, uh, you know, I remember the incident where, someone tried to speak out against him and was escorted out immediately, you know? Right. And then if he's not doing that, he's accusing them of being witches and, you know, and he has this obsession. Yeah. It's really weird to me how he has this obsession with witches. I mean, it's, it's almost funny to me because I almost catch myself laughing at times because I grew up in a really strict Pentecostal church. Um, Now my family Mm -hmm. didn't necessarily make me follow all of their rules at home. But uh, the church I grew up in didn't believe in having a deck of cards, like playing cards in your house. Uh, they didn't believe in having yeah. a television. You know, they were very strict people. They all wore, all the men wore long sleeve shirts. All the women wore dresses to their ankles and their hair up in a bun. But even mm-hmm. that preacher, even that preacher that I sat under, I never really heard him go off on witches and, uh, you know, the way that Greg Locke does. It's, uh, yeah, know, it's, it's fascinating to me that he, that he chooses that to talk about. And he actually goes around the bookstores and walks in and points to bo- books on witchcraft. And it's like, here it is. Here's some books on witchcraft. And I'm like, what is this guy's obsession with this? Right. Right. I don't know that it, it is strange. It really is. And, and the first time he had accused, uh, the people of being witches, they were like his best friends. Really? And like, yeah, they were like all good friends. They would go out to dinner and I had actually watched, you know, the the first time they had the big witch debacle or whatever, I watched their side of the story. And she was like kind of in the ministry with them. And like yeah. people were going to her for prayer and, you know, they were kind of starting to see her as someone on the same level as Greg. And Greg didn't like that. So that's whenever he publicly called them out as being witches in his church. Wow. That's yeah. That I didn't know. Yeah. And, you know, there, there's so many of these uh, people out there, but I kind of look at them in a way on different levels. You got people like uh, Kenneth Copeland. Um, you know, mm-hmm. he was he actually studied under Oral Roberts. Uh to me, though, he's one of these like showman preachers. It's all show business to him. He's, uh, you know, he's up there, uh, you know, doing his whole put your hand to the screen and you'll be healed. And he, he blew onto the he blew into the to the screen and said that he was going to blow COVID away and all this stuff. Uh, yeah, that, that guy to me seems like a showman that's out for the money. You know, that, that's out to that's out yeah. to trick people as much as he can. But Greg Locke, that's why I said earlier, you know, we're all for free speech. But Greg Locke's a different different beast. It's like a different style of, of ministry it's not you know i i'm not i'm not defending kenneth copeland when i say what i say i'm just saying kenneth copeland yeah. is just, he's just your common everyday you know uh uh can't think of the word i'm looking for but he's your uh you know just your, t- your televangelist just your common everyday grifter televangelist guy 
um, you know, right. doing, just doing his thing. But Greg Locke is actually he's he's calling for violence. He's encouraging it, and then you know, people like us gets silenced for harassing him. He appeals. <laughs> he appeals to that far right hatred of the left. Yeah, you know, he exactly. appear he appeals to that. Like, I one other earlier you had asked me about how he got on my radar. There was another incident that he did that was really. Uh, around the time when he became popular, he had uh, gone on this rant because um, he had gone to Dunkin' Donuts and there was a guy who had asked him to put a mask on and he went on this rant threatening to kick in the Dunkin' Donut workers' teeth. Dang. And But evangelicals ate it up. They were, you know, they thought he was sticking to his guns and, defying the government you know because they didn't want to wear a mask either yeah you know so he kind of appealed to that that far-right narrative about masks you know yeah and he appealed to i don't know it's like he appeals to the worst parts of people you know absolutely he absolutely does and it's just it's sad (laughs) It, it truly is uh, you know, one question too. You know, I've, there's a there's a lot of content creators on TikTok that uh, that I've seen over the years calling out some people like Greg Locke or things like that. And I've always been interested to know kind of what their backgrounds were. Uh, were you were you brought up in church? Uh, were you raised in yes. church at all? Yes, I was raised uh, kind of in a fundamentalist, um, Pentecostal type. It was a non denominational church, yeah. and you know. Uh, very conservative setting. Basically where I live now is Trump town. You know, it's yeah. very conservative around here. And, uh, yeah, that's where I, that's how I was raised. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I, I joke, I, I, I joke and tell people, you know, I, I say to people around here, I'm like, we're in the buckle of the Bible belt here. <laughs> yeah. Know? So, so I was I, raised on Fox news, you know, Fox news playing 24 seven, Wow. You know, or they're constantly just spilling out nonsense. <laughs> yeah. So were you ever, I mean, were you ever a Republican or were you ever on the other side? Or Yeah, I was. Like, down here, you're pretty much indoctrinated into being Republican. You're pretty much told that, you know, you can't, you know, Republicans are God's party and, yeah. You know, you have to, you can't be a Christian and vote for Republican because of the abortion issue. Yeah. So that's kind of like how I was raised. Yeah. But whenever I started seeing all this nonsense with Trump and started thinking critically about the abortion issue and starting listening to the voices on the left, yeah. I'm like, no, I, you know, yeah, I can't. I, I switched, <laughs> but yeah. I was never like a hardcore Republican or anything. Yeah. You know, as a matter of fact, I sat out politics most of my life until 2020. And I'm like, nope, I'm, I'm getting involved. You know, I'm yeah. not gonna. Well, that that's, that's truly awesome because, you know, and I, and what you just said makes so much sense because that's, that's kind of how it is where I'm at. You know, I'm in East Tennessee and, uh, I was right. I'm right on the tri-state of Kentucky, Tennessee, and Virginia. I could be in all three states in like ten minutes, and so. Uh, oh wow! Uh, yeah, <laughs> and uh, so you know, I was raised up over in, over in Kentucky, and now I live over in Tennessee, but I'm 15 minutes away. You know, um, 
So, yeah. you know, but where, where I come from, like you said, it, it makes a lot of sense when you said it that way. You're just sort of brought up that way. It's not necessarily that you are uh, a Republican. Yeah. You're, just, you're just brought up that way. When I was growing up, you know, my, my mom was always a Democrat and her, and her, her mother was. Uh, and then my dad yeah. was a Republican for the longest time. But but dad was never he was never your far right uh, Republican at all. And then it was actually during the, the, the Bill Clinton years that my dad just kind of came out one day and admitted that he had voted for Bill Clinton both times. He might have admitted it like, like say, 97, 98. He just goes ahead and admits it. And believe it or not, it was actually yeah. like a shock to his family. It was almost like, I hate to say this, but it was, it was, dang, it was almost like he came out of the closet to him. I mean, it was, it was, they were, they couldn't believe that he thought that way, you know? And then over, yeah. the, year, over the years, he's become more and more progressive as he's gotten older, which is kind of odd. Um, yeah. But, but you're right. We we are. We're just brought up and preconditioned in this part of the world and in Trump towns, you know, those kind of Bible Belt towns. We're just brought up and, and, and preconditioned, you know, to believe that way. So I guess it might not be fair to say, well, you once a Republican because kind of all of us were at some point in our life was brought up to be that way, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm still kind of in the closet with my political beliefs because, I mean, like, I've heard so much hate speech from mm-hmm people that I care about towards liberals and Democrats. And it's like, they, I I feel like I, TikTok is kind of like my outlet to talk about, you know, progressive ideas and, um, you know, cults and, and evangelicalism, because I can't talk about that with my family because it's, yeah. I'm scared of being, you know, the bl- I'm already kind of the black sheep over here. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you uh, know, yeah, I totally understand that, you know, and there's so many, uh, there's so many content creators. What I, one thing I like about TikTok is that, you know, there's so many different creators that kind of focuses on different things. Um, so mm-hmm. you, can, you can, you can hear people's voices and opinions and, um, you know, I, I, when I first discovered the TikTok app, though, I had it on my phone for the longest time. I probably had it on my phone for over a year. And uh, mm-hmm. the guys I worked with would just show me, like, stupid videos of people falling down. Or, you know what I mean? Just, like, just something completely, yeah. just, just comical stuff. And I thought, why are people, why are people, for the longest time I walked around saying, why are people addicted to this? And then one day I happened to see a friend <laughs> of mine. I saw a friend of mine from around here, and she was on TikTok talking, you know, progressive viewpoints. And I went, huh. You know, I never thought about actually sitting down in video video of myself saying something like that and then saw her yeah. and went, well, I'm just going to kind of dip my toes in the water and see what happens. And then it opened up a whole new world and I met people like you and, you know, all different people that had different takes. And it's it's been a lot of fun. Uh, do you remember when you first discovered the TikTok app and what was your reaction to it? Uh, my husband kind of introduced me to it. And, um, yeah, I just kind of, took to it because i mean i had i had done some youtube so i was kind of used to doing videos kind of talking about my thoughts and stuff so i just kind of you know i just kind of started talking about you know all the things that are that i feel like i can't really talk about with anybody else over here (laughs) you know like trump and evangelicalism and those things so and i was just excited you know to find content creators that have the same viewpoints as me yeah you know and i learned i've learned a lot on tiktok you know it's yeah i have too i I think that's one of the reasons why gen z showed up at this last uh midterms because 
you know, they're learning stuff, <laughs> you know, exactly. it's hard to be indoctrinated when you hear different points of view and TikTok has all those points of view Yeah, where you can get that education. Yeah. And you can hear it. You can hear a different side of it going back to what you were saying about, you know, just kind of automatically being raised up Republican. You know, if that's, if that's the case and that's yeah. how you were raised, then you can, you can hear a different side of things. And I think something too that helps yeah. is when, I think I think something that really helps is when people sees like a, they see someone like us that they grew up with, and they go, "Wait a minute, they're mm-hmm. talking, from the, they're talking from the other side here. What's up with that?" You know, because they've yeah. never really done, but no one's ever really done it. No, no one's ever really talked, spoke up to them about it. So I think I think that's why it's important. I've always said for people to keep talking, and I know it's hard sometimes because, like you said, we don't want the conflict with our family and uh, you know conflicts at yeah. work like that, but. Um, I think the more we speak up and talk, the more it's going to make people on the fence. But maybe people that was just, I think there's a whole lot of people. I've said this so many times. I think there's a whole lot of people that uh, come Thanksgiving, they're going to be sitting at the table and they're going to be hearing their far right wing MAGA uncle going off the rails. And they're not going to say, <laughs> they're not going to say anything because they don't want to rock that boat. You know what I mean? They yeah. don't want that confrontation. Yeah. But I just wonder how many people have in your hometown, how many family and friends that, that may never tell you about it. They may never tell you, but I wonder how many of them are listening to you and going, yeah, she's got a point, <laughs> you know? Right. Right. I kind of plant little seeds on my Facebook, you know? Yeah. But I haven't, I, I try not to talk too much about politics on Facebook, but yeah. I probably should. I probably should more. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to get that. I'm trying to overcome that fear because because it is something that needs to be talked about, especially in today's climate, you know, with yeah. all the extremism going on. And, yeah. you know, I mean, the, the Republican Party is just becoming extreme. You know, it's not about, you know, just, I don't know. It's just. Yeah, it, it has become crazy. extreme. And, you know, uh, both both of my grandfathers were Republicans. I had one of my grandfathers fought in World War Two. Uh, you know, and they were both uh, Republicans, but I just can't for the life of me see them being for this if they were here today. I, I would hope they wouldn't be. Uh, but, you know, it's right. like, I just don't I just don't think this is the Republican Party of our grandfathers. I don't even know if it's the Republican oh, no. Party. Of, I don't even know if it's the Republican Party of Ronald Reagan. <laughs> you know, uh, right. it's just went so between... far. It's went so extreme. Yeah, between Marjorie Taylor Greene, January 6th, the, the constant QAnon conspiracies, yeah. you know, they've just meshed the politics and the religion that yeah. it, it's just it's becoming a religious political cult almost. It's just based yeah. on hatred and extremism and homophobia. And yeah. it, it's just and, it's insane. It's something too that I hear so much, and I've heard it ever since the midterms. You know, uh, with a lot of the, you know, the the elections that, you know, and the polls that kept going for a while. You know, people have a they have a major distrust of the government anyway. They have a major distrust of the system, and these mm-hmm. far right wing Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert, you know, those kind of people they they appeal to that crowd. They appeal to the Greg Locke crowd that we was going back talking about earlier. And so yeah. you know, they have this distrust and anytime they lose, they feel like, well, we were obviously cheated out of that, you know? And I just wonder how we're ever right. going to get back to having, are we ever going to get back to having just a, a straight up conversation with people, a, a reasonable conversation where we say, okay, you know, 
we we all we all cast our vote and our side didn't win this time but we'll come back and try again next time are we ever going to get back to that or is it just always going to be conspiracy theories i don't know i just feel like it's just becoming more divided you know i mean it's like the far right you know they have their own media they push a completely different narrative yeah you know it's like we're li- we're hearing two different narratives in the country right now we are and, and i feel I- like Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, and just, I don't know, like Fox News is just, they don't even try to, to deliver news anymore. It's just pure propaganda to yeah. designed to get people to hate people on the left. Yeah. I mean, it's not even, and as long as we have that, I feel like we're just, it's just going to get worse. And then it's like. And then there's even things more extreme than Fox News. You have this whole QAnon movement yeah. right now where where people are just pushing com- conspiracy theories as facts. And then you yeah. have these QAnon people getting into the government. Yeah. And it's just like, it's just getting wild. I listen to, I follow a Trump prophecy group on Facebook just to kind of keep up with what's going in that crazy part of evangelicalism. And like they have government people that are running for office that follow this crazy rhetoric. Yeah. Um, and it's just Doug Mastriano and Julie Green were like buddy buddy, and she's yeah. like, she's an extremist. Oh, yeah. You know, she was pushing for Democrats. She was like prophesying that Democrats were going to be killed before the yeah. end of the year, and. Yeah, it's just like, oh, my God, this is it, it's just wild that people are falling for this and how this has become its own little religious movement. It, it has. And, you know, uh, my mom made a really good point because my mom is still a believer and she you know, she still uh, she doesn't go to church anymore, mainly because she f- can't find a church around here. that's just not a Trump cult, you know. Uh, but mom yeah, made, mom made a really good point. She said, you know. These people today, they've gotten completely away from Jesus being their savior. They believe Trump is their savior. You know, they've they've completely, they've kind of pushed Jesus out of the narrative. I mean, uh, I did a video for Midas Touch on on Julie Green, and I was talking about, you know, she, well, she was talking about how that, you know, Trump was anointed by God, that God had, God had his hand on him and he was going to come back. He would be reinstated by the end of the year. And, yeah. you know, I've read the Bible a lot and I've studied it ever since I was a kid. And I can't find one verse of scripture that says that in the last days, there'll be this billionaire come along and this billionaire will save Christianity. You know, it's like anything right. in the Bible, anything in the Bible always talks about Jesus is going to be the one that's going to come back and save them. And my question is, why are they looking to Donald Trump of all people? But they have, they've like adopted him as their savior. And it's like they've almost pushed Jesus out of Christianity. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, I think a lot of that has to do with. I don't. Have you watched the Jerry Falwell documentary? No, I have not. And I've really been meaning to do that because I I wrote a song about it back when it first happened. Uh, and I just heard yeah. the story back then, but I never I never got around to. I've been meaning like crazy to watch that documentary. It's like all well, all these evangelical leaders are pushing this narrative you know, that Trump is anointed by God, that he's like a King David. Yeah. And it's just crazy. And a lot of this started with a guy named Kim Clement, who was supposed to be this big prophet who actually predicted that Trump was going to be president. 
And so whenever that actually happened, people took that as some kind of sign that, oh, my God, you know, this is this came true. So Trump must be anointed by God. You know, they kind of associated that with, you know, and and just all these evangelical leaders just. You know, because it's all because Trump, I mean, Trump spoke out against abortion and that's their issue. Yeah. So because of that, they think that they literally think that Trump is here to save babies. Yeah. But, you know, that's that's kind of I think their reasoning behind that. But they literally have turned Trumpism into its own religion. Yeah. They they truly have. And, you know, they um, I'm trying to think of the name of it as you were sitting here talking to me. Um, uh, It's called I've not watched this yet either. I I, I definitely want to watch the Jerry Falwell one. Uh, but there's one called, uh, I think it's called Till Kingdom Come. Uh, and there's mm-hmm. actually a local minister that I used to go to his church and sit under him back when I was younger. Uh, he's on it. Yeah. And it's a whole, and, you know, Pat Robertson's on there. Jerry Falwell Jr. Maybe. I know Pat Robertson's on there. And they're all talking about Trump. But they're, you know, they're talking about, you know, um, Israel and the coming of Armageddon. And I mean, they're, what, what is so wild to me is these people are sitting there. They're excited to bring on the end of the world. They're like, I mean, they're really pushing for it, you know, and they feel like that Trump right. will help them to push for the end of the world. And I'm like, that's just madness on a level that I can't wrap my head around. It is, it is. And, you know, I used to believe that, like, I used to believe the, the whole rapture thing until yeah. about a few years ago, I had read a book by Keith Giles. Um, it was called Jesus, uh, Jesus unexpected. And that's whenever I, you know, I saw that a lot of the verses that were used to justify the rapture were just completely taken out of context. Yeah. And ever since then, like my anxiety level has gone, like I used to be a very anxious person. Yeah. And now that I no longer, you know, I deconstructed from that, from the rapture, I just feel a lot better. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, this is what this is what a lot of these even politicians, even I don't know if you remember that clip from Lauren Boebert where she said that, you know, that they were there to usher in the end times. Yeah. And, you know, end times has caused just craziness. David Koresh was even big into the end times. It has led to so much insanity. You know, they literally believe a violent Jesus is coming back to destroy the world. So yeah, have you ever watched the uh, the Waco documentary that's on Netflix? Actually, it's oh, not a documentary. Yes. It's not a documentary. It's actually kind of a reenactment, basically. It's a show. Yeah, that that was powerful. It truly was. Uh, you know, I actually I got so tore up watching that. I got to be honest with you. I got so tore up watching that that I actually found David Thibodeau on on Facebook. Uh, he's the guy that Macaulay Culkin's brother plays. Yeah, yeah. I actually friended him on Facebook, and I've talked to him a time or two. Uh, oh, because, wow. Yeah, because that documentary or that show uh, messed with me to the point that I just felt like I needed to check on him. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. It, it was so powerful. But, uh, you know, I think one of the things that really um, uh, happened is, you know, back when that whole thing happened with Waco you know, and the government went in there and that happened and those that, they ended up being burned alive, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I think it created such a, it, it put such a black eye on the government that I think yeah. that's part of the reason why today they lay back and don't go in and shut these people down. 
because they don't want that. You know, there was a lot of children died in that. It was a tragic event, you know, and yeah. it's such a stain on on the federal government that I believe a lot of it. I believe that's why you know back when you had the guys out in uh, where was it out in Oregon, the ranchers that's that's you know had the standoff with the government for days and days. Uh, people kept saying, yeah. "Why don't the government just go in and 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 why don't the government just go in and you know get them out of there?" And I think it all stems back to Waco. Um, I think it goes back to them not wanting that to happen again. And I think that's why, as we're circling back around to Greg Locke, I think that's why they kind of set back and let Greg go. But when they set back and let him go, uh, look at the monster we're creating. You know, yeah. and, and, and you have, um, you know, we have uh, like what we've talked about Greg Locke. We've talked about, you know, Trump and the political uh, party that's, that's turned into a party of Trump. Uh, another thing too is, you know, when people, people, you know, on the, the right, they love to accuse us of having the liberal media. They'll say, oh, it's the liberal media. They love to refer to, like, Hollywood. Right. But if you, look at right. it, if you look at it from a bigger perspective, they have Fox News. Uh, then they have QAnon. Then they have, like, the likes mm-hmm. of Alex Jones and Alex Jones and the Infowars. And then they have the church. So yes. if, if you ask me, their, their media is actually a lot bigger and broader. Am I wrong? <laughs> no, you you're know? completely right. Yeah. I mean, you, you're right. As a, I haven't, and, and like I think, it's like anything that, that goes against the far right narrative, they just label as the liberal media. Yeah. You know, anything that anything that challenges Trump or who you know Republicans, they label as the liberal media because it's literally a cult. Yeah. I feel like it's just a cult. It is, and and you know they. They get angry at us for calling them that. But, um, you know, I just think that this is one of those things where uh, we just can't rest on our laurels, so to speak. We can't we can't lay back and not call this for what it is, because, you know, right. I've always made the comparison. It's kind of an analogy I've made for years. But, uh, you know, back when back, you know, I know it's meant to be a funny analogy, but back when Mike Tyson was the heavyweight champion of the world and he was in his prime, you know, Mike Tyson, mm-hmm. was his, his fighting style was he was a bully. You know, he tried to scare and intimidate people and he got right in their face and he, he was a bully about it. And, you know, for, yeah. year, for years, he just mopped the floor with everybody he got in the ring with. But then finally yeah. he comes up against Buster Douglas and Buster Douglas was like, I'm not backing down from you. I'm getting right in your face. I'm not going to give you room to move. I'm going to stay right on top of you and I'm going to throw punches and I don't care if you hit me or not. You know, and that's yeah. when Tyson began to come unglued. You know, and it was like one of the biggest upsets mm-hmm. in boxing history. But I've often said that we can't lay back and just hope that these people go away. You know, we can't lay back and hope that maybe we, we get them tired and they just give up. They're coming for us. They're they're bullying us. They're pushing us around. And I feel like yes. we just have to do what Buster Douglas did. We just have to get up there and stand our ground and just and call it for what it is. Because, you know, if we don't, mm-hmm. it's just, if we lay back and let it continue to fester and grow, it's only going to get worse. Right. Oh yeah, and so you know it's. Uh, it, it, I've it, actually it, gotten like threat. I mean, I've gotten threats before for calling out Trump. Really, you know, I've gotten like a, someone sent like a vague death threat to me on TikTok once. Wow! For literally just calling out something that Trump said, and it's just like if you're willing to defend a man to that level and hate other people for calling him out, then that is the very definition of a cult, you know? It is. And it's, 
it's crazy. It truly is. And, uh, you know, I mean, we, we, we made it through the midterms and, and, you know, the great big red wave that they said was going to happen. It didn't happen. I mean, uh, I know, I know it was mm-hmm. to go on our way a little bit more, but I think that I want to hold out some hope that there's, uh, still some reasonable people out there, uh, because, okay. For example, uh, in the state of Kentucky, you know, Kentucky, of course, once again, they voted for Rand Paul and they, they remain a red state, but, um, you know, the voters showed up and voted no on Amendment 2, which would add language to the Constitution, uh, basically saying that right. abortion should never be allowed under no circumstances. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they won that like 52 to 47 percent, something like 52 to 48, something like that. And the attorney mm-hmm. general of Kentucky is actually standing up now saying that he says, you know, he says that vote should have no bearing on the situation. We want the Supreme Court to hear us and interpret it the way we interpret it. So they're basically trying to take our vote away from us. You know, the people in Kentucky that voted on that, they're basically saying to them, we don't care how you voted, you know. Wow. And so, you know, that's something that I feel like that I think it's why people like us. I know we're just on an app talking, talking about things. But again, if we can raise awareness and, and point, point these things out to people, because I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people gets caught up in the, the-, the theater of it all. and They don't really understand what's going on behind the scenes. Right. Exactly. But, uh, and I mean, Christian nationalism is a movement that is just, it's just, it's big, you know, it's yes. big right now. It is. And then when you have the, and when you have these evangelical pastors that push it, you know, it, it's just, they're brainwashing their base. Yeah. A lot of them, you know, Greg Locke, Sean Foyt. Um, but the irony of it is that Jesus was not, you know, he, Jesus actually ran from political power. And, and yeah. so, you know, the, the idea of being a Christian nation is really just, it's like they're pushing for theocracy, they you know, are. and I've heard rhetoric. I've heard rhetoric where, you know, a lot of these people just want a theocracy and that's frightening. I don't know if you've ever watched handmaid's tale, but the idea of a, of a God controlled government is it's basically what they're doing in Iran, but it's like the Christian version. They're already like making, you know, if you pay attention to the rhetoric that they're talking about, like the LGBTQ community and, you know, and, people on the left it's just the, the rhetoric is just dangerous it, it truly you know? is it, it, it truly is dangerous and, and we're living in some very interesting and uncertain times you know but i think again i think you know even in those red states you had people people show up to the polls this time and you know they had other issues right. on their mind i think i think republicans really thought that if they just played you know inflation the border and crime I think they thought mm-hmm. if they talked about those three things that that would uh, swing it their way. And they're so out of touch and, and, and going back to something you said earlier, we, we're, we're not, we're not in a point anymore. You know, used to, you had two candidates and the two candidates had different, a different solution to an idea. You know what I mean? It's like you had two people up there yeah. running against one another and okay, this is my idea. And then it's like, no, I have a better idea. But now it's like they're in mm-hmm. two completely different. It's like the, the the far right is in a completely alternate universe, and yeah, and they're not even in touch with the rest of us. And I don't know how that we're ever going to 
reach across that aisle. You know, there'll be people, you know, a lot of people on the left likes to say, well, we got to, we got to talk to them. We got to reach across the aisle and shake their hand. How are we going to shake hands with these clenched fists? You know? Right. Yeah. And especially whenever they demonize the media, like you said, like any narrative aside from the one that they're being pushed, they label as fake news. Yeah. That's, that's actually a sign of fascism is labeling things as fake news that, you know, I know. And so it's, it's scary. It's it scary. Truly, it truly is. And something that I've noticed, there's a comment that I've noticed a lot. And I'm sure you've got this comment. You've had to. Uh, anytime we say the word democracy, someone loves to come back to us and say, well, we're not a democracy. We're a constitutional republic. You know, that's become one of the, that's become one of their talking points. What they're essentially saying is they don't want our vote to count. And what they're, they, and they're also saying they don't want certain people to vote. You know, uh, they don't, it's just a talking point that they've now adopted as a way to try to further demonize us. But basically what they're saying is they don't want, they don't want women to vote. They don't want black people to vote. Basically it's a, it's a white supremacist statement when they say it, you know, it's, 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 it's their way of trying to restore white supremacy. And they don't realize that a constitutional republic is a, is a form, it is a democracy, but they don't see that because that's just the new talking point that a lot of them have adopted as a way to try to further demonize us. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's, you know, um, I think, uh, there's, like I said, there's so many, uh, there's so many content creators on TikTok. Before we go though, I wanted to ask you, you know, who are some of the other people that you really enjoy listening to on TikTok? Who's some that you've learned some from? Hal Junior, I like him. I like uh, Hawk. Uh, yeah. Hawkeye Whack a Mole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Oh my gosh, there's so many. Of course, I'm drawing a blank now. <laughs> yeah. It's easy to do. Uh, yeah, I like a lot of the uh, deconstruction type creators that kind of help you deconstruct to- toxic theology. Like. Yeah. Um, there's a guy named Knothead that I really like. Yeah. Um, oh, gosh. But, yeah, so many. A, I can't. Yeah. There, there's a girl I really like. Uh, her name is, I think it's Eve was framed. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah, I like really, her as well. Yeah. There's a whole lot of them. And uh, I like Cricket a lot. Uh, we had her on the Cricket, Texas. Yep. We had her on the podcast with Texas Paul. But, I, you know, I just think that uh, – one thing that I've you know wanted to do with the podcast that I'm part of is I just kind of wanted to bring that group of people together. And if I could reach out and, and talk to them, you know, I, I love Superman Todd. Uh, he's up, he's up in Kentucky, not far from me, but uh, you know, I, I just, I, I really, one of my hopes in the future on, on this podcast, you know, uh, is to uh, reach out to people like that and, you know, just sit and talk to them and pick their brain because uh you know, a lot of us have similar backgrounds and stories and, and it's, it's, it's just, it's interesting to hear where people come from and what motivated them to start talking, you know, and, and I really, yeah. I really appreciate you taking time this evening to sit down and talk with me because it's been oh, a my time. pleasure. I'm almost, I, I was so honored that you asked me to share my thoughts on here. I've never been on a podcast, so it's well, a big deal for this country woman. <laughs> I really appreciate it. I, you know, I've, I've said to my listeners on here before, you know, this podcast for me is just kind of, I don't go to therapy, but I, but I kind of do when I sit down in front of this phone and start talking, you know, it's a, it's a way to, you know, get your ideas out into the world and talk and have a voice. And, uh, 
you never know exactly who you're reaching. Uh, have you have you had anyone have you had anyone recognize you from TikTok and approach you in a store or something in public and say, "Hey, are you?" Have you had that happen? Yeah, well, one time I was at the grocery store and a guy came up to me and he's like, "I recognize you from TikTok." And my first thought was, "Oh shit, <laughs> this guy's <laughs> yeah. about to this guy's about to give me a mouthful." But he was actually really nice and. He's like, yeah, I follow you. And he was bragging on me to his wife. He's like, yeah, she kind of talks about evangelicalism and spirituality and, you yeah. know, and and it was cool because he's he, you know, he actually said positive things to me. And I wasn't expecting that in this neck of the woods, considering some of my content. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so uh, it was fun. It was cool. Yeah. I, I what about similar- you? Do you get a lot of... uh People recognize you from where you're at. It's happened. It's happened a couple of times, and I have the same reaction you do when they first say it. When they first say, "Hey, I follow you on TikTok," I'm always expecting the worst. <laughs> you know, right. I expected the worst to be said, but but so far, anyone that said it to me has had positive feedback. It actually happened to me yesterday. I was I stopped at a Dollar General and get some things on the way home, and uh, a lady walked up out of nowhere, and you know, it was one of those situations where I was I was waiting to to use the cash register because I didn't have, I, I wanted to spend some cash that I had and the, the self-checkout uh-huh. was card only. So I, I kind of motioned to her to go in front of me to use the self-checkout. And she's like, Hey, I think I, I follow you on TikTok and Midas touch. And I was like, Oh, wow. <laughs> but at first I was thinking, I was thinking she's going to like, give me a, she's going to give me a, a, a good talking to about it. But, uh, <laughs> but she didn't, she, she said a lot of positive things. I, I did have one guy though. I don't, I don't know where he was coming from with this. It was just kind of funny. Uh, he walked up to me and he was like, Hey man, he's like, I follow you on that TikTok," And I was like, Oh yeah. I said, well, I said, thanks man. I, I, I guess. Thanks. And he goes, uh, yeah, you get pretty out there, don't you? And I was like, uh, <laughs> I guess. And that's all he said. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know if he meant I get out there in a good way, bad way. I don't know. But, uh, I but, think you're, you're one of the most reasonable people. Like I, I like listening to you. I think you got, you know, you got a good head on your shoulders. So I, I think people respond well to that. So that's good. I appreciate that. You know, it's, it's funny when people say that to me, uh, a lot of people tells me that I'm, you know, that I'm humble and that I come off that way. I'm kind of screaming on the inside. It, 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 it just don't, I don't know if it don't come off that way on camera, I guess, but there's times where I'm just like, you know, I'm like, so, but I, but I try to pull myself together and find a way to say it. Cause I just, I just hope I can, yeah. somebody, you know, and, but uh, yeah, this this here has been a lot of fun. I've really enjoyed this conversation, and I would hope that uh, maybe you come back again sometime and sit down and talk with me again. Oh, I, yeah, I'd love to anytime, because, man. Yeah, anytime. because it, Just... it, it, it's a great conversation. Uh, I really enjoy you uh, being on here with me, and uh, to our listeners out there, um, it's 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 been a true honor to have uh, Rochelle the Hillbilly Exvangelical on the show, and uh, I'm going to have some more guests. So I want my listeners out there to hear this. You know, if there's anyone out there in the TikTok world or YouTube world that you would like to see me sit down and talk with, uh, let me know. You know, drop it in the comments. Let me know who you want me to talk to because there's a, I got a bucket list and I checked one off tonight. So, again, thank, thank you so much for being on here with me. Thank you. All right. We'll see you next time. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. So there it was, folks. Was that not a badass conversation that I had with my good friend, Rochelle, a.k.a. the Hillbilly Ex-Evangelical? Again, I want to thank her so much for being on the show and let her know that she's welcome to come back to this anytime. 
because that's the kind of conversations that I've been wanting to have ever since I started this podcast. And uh, so again, special thanks to her for having her on. Uh, hope you listeners enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed uh, doing it. And uh, like I said, as, as I was closing out with her, if you guys have any uh, suggestions or ideas as to who you would like to see me have on the show, reach out to me and let me know. Or if there's a content creator out there and you know is putting out good content, let me know where they're at. Let me know what they got going on. And I would love to sit down and talk to them uh, because that's what the whole point of this podcast was, was to uh, reach out to people. If these hills could talk, we would have these kind of conversations. And so that's what it's all about. And uh, I really hope you guys have enjoyed this episode and I'm going to be coming back to you now that I can do this. <laughs> I'm my own editor, by the way. So if anybody out there wants to volunteer to be Brando's editor, you can do that too. <laughs> uh, I'm my own editor. Uh, I'm my own sound man. I'm learning this shit on the fly, but I'm doing so because I believe in it and because I want to keep pushing stuff out there for you guys to, to enjoy. So uh, until next time, I'm Tennessee Brando. Thank you so much, Rochelle, for being part of the show. And we will see you again next time on If These Hills Could Talk. Hello, and welcome back to another edition of If These Hills Could Talk. I'm your old buddy, Tennessee Brando. Thank you so much for being with me. I'm recording this one on Black Friday. And so I hope that everyone had a great Thanksgiving yesterday. Hope you got to spend time with your loved ones. Hope you got your bellies full. And I really hope that you avoided the madness of Black Friday. Um, I haven't been to Black Friday in about six years. And when I went then, I went against my own will, really. I didn't want to take part in it. But at the same time, uh, the girl I was dating at the time was uh, going to try to find the latest version of the iPhone and uh I really didn't want to see her get beat up over that, so I had to kind of go stand guard. And uh, it was totally ridiculous. And I said to her, I said, you know, you, you, you conned me into coming to this. Never again. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I hope that uh, you, I hope you guys can find some good online shopping deals. Um, I, I definitely hope you can find those. But don't go out here and try to get in the middle of these uh, Black Friday uh, beatdowns. It's absolutely ridiculous. And, and what's, what's so funny, before I really get rolling with this week's show, I do have to rant for a minute on Black Friday. You know, I'm all for people finding a good deal on a flat-screen TV. Don't get me wrong. We all need to find as many good deals as we can. That's why I prefer to do online shopping. But, uh, man, um, I remember back years ago, uh, it seemed like it was when Black Friday kept getting more and more out of hand. That me and my mother went, uh, we just happened to get out of the house on Friday forgetting that it was Black Friday. And we go over to the Walmart, and the police are outside with the lights on, and there's guards everywhere. And I was like, why? And that's when I realized, just how out of hand Black Friday had gotten. And it's so funny to me because, again, I'm not opposed to anyone finding a good deal on an Xbox, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, people are finding those good deals to buy Christmas presents, and they're finding those good deals so they can enjoy Christmas with the family. So they're going to get together, and they're going to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, and they're going to beat the living hell out of somebody to get a gift for them so they can celebrate the birth of Jesus. It's just so... Uh, ridiculous that I can't personally uh, take part in it, other than I have been uh, doing some online shopping and I found some really good deals on there. But I stayed at home and I just let the uh, FedEx and the UPS drop it off at my door and I said to hell with that shit. So anyway, I hope you guys had a, uh, a good Thanksgiving. I had a really good one and uh, my Thanksgiving weekend's kind of just getting started. I'm kind of stretching mine out over four days because I have, uh, I'm, I'm going to do a little, uh, exposing my life here uh, as Jim Cornette would say exposing the business I'm uh, I have uh, five children uh, by three different uh, women and so uh, 
you know, I, it's hard. It's hard to get when you have that many people because what you got to take into consideration: my two oldest kids, uh, their mom has remarried, and she, uh, she remarried a dude that I get along with really good, and I'm, I'm very lucky in that department. Um, but his family, his mom and dad, are divorced, so we have to take into consideration, you know, my two oldest kids' mother, and then their stepdad, and then his family, his dad. They have to go to. They have to come to my house, do it at their house, go to his mom's, go to her mom's, and go to his dad's. <laughs> and then you come on to the, you know, to my middle boys, to their mother, and they have to go to their, grand- their grandpa's and her house. And then my youngest son has to go to his mom's and her uh, mother's, and then her mom and dad's not together, so they go over to this dad's. <laughs> so I- I'm always the one that just finally says, hey, you know what, screw it, we'll just do ours on a different day because there's no way we can get everybody under the same spot. And I've actually did Thanksgiving in two or three different uh, installments. Uh, that's how it has to happen at my place. So uh, so over the next couple of days, I'll, I'll eventually get to see all my children, I hope. Uh, my son dealing with battling the flu, and that was terrible timing because uh, me and him works for the same company. It's just that we work in different uh, cities at the same time, just in a different city. But uh, we were so looking forward to our four-day weekend. We've been busting our balls at work, and then the four-day weekend, he's spending it with and so um, that really sucks and there's a lot of sickness going around in this part of the world so if you're in my part of the world or I don't know how far around the country it's going on but if you're in my part of the world and you're trying to dodge all the shit that's out there just try to stay well and stay safe and like I said don't go get your head beat in over a over a flat screen TV today but um, there's a whole hell of a lot going on in the world uh, since the last episode uh, which was me and the hillbilly ex-evangelical and man did I have a good time with that episode and I can't wait to have her back but uh not long after that at all, of course, you know, Donald Trump announced uh, that he was running for president again. Uh, that's back in the news, and it's not uh, surprising to me at all. Uh, but the truth of the matter is Donald Trump isn't running for president. He's running for cover. Uh, he's trying to take the attention away from all the investigations that he's going on, that's going on around him, uh, all the legal troubles that he has going on in his life. This, To me, this is Donald Trump's last gasp to grift as far as he can. And, uh, you know, the sad part is, man, this guy still has a following. He still has people who believe in him. I'm not going to rule the guy out until he's completely out of the political theater because, uh, you know, he definitely still has an influence. He still has a uh, a wide reach. Um, You know, I hear people all the time saying that, well, the evangelicals are turning on him and Republicans are turning on him. And, okay, maybe some of them are, but um, how many of them them do you think when it comes down nut-cutting time? How many of them won't uh, get right back behind him and fall right back in line again to keep those evil Democrats out of office? So until Donald Trump is actually out of the political arena uh, for good, I'm not going to count him out just yet because I still feel like he is definitely a threat to us. But, you know, he announced that he was going to run, and, of course, Elon Musk reinstated him on Twitter. And I've done a whole lot of episodes or or on different episodes. I've talked about how I feel about the whole free speech thing. And, you know, it's just so disgusting to me to see the free speech argument fall into the hands of Elon Musk, to fall into the hands of, uh, of Donald Trump and Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert, like they're these patriots for free speech. It's, it's so despicable that we've come to a point in American history where saying the N-word on Twitter is, is that's what they're fighting for, and that's the free speech they're looking for. Uh, it's absolute insanity, people. It really is. Um, and I've said this before, and I don't want to get repetitive, and I know you guys are uh, uh, smart people who knows what I'm going to say probably before I say it, but, you know, 
getting barred off of a private-owned company because you said something out of the way uh, that they disagreed with is not attacking your First Amendment right at all. It says Congress shall make no law. It doesn't say Twitter or it doesn't say Facebook or any other platform for that matter. Um, I've had videos removed from TikTok. If, if those of you out there who have noticed that I've not been making as much content on TikTok, one of the reasons is because every time I turn around now, videos of mine are getting taken down uh, within minutes of being posted. Um, and when I file my appeals, I lose. I get told that I harassed and bullied somebody when, in fact, you know, um, they left a comment on my um, my video and I replied to their comment, and they left a, a comment that I could say was harassing or bullying, but, you know, for whatever reason. Um, when I replied to them, I didn't want to get told I'm harassing somebody. And it's been very frustrating. At one point, I've not had the entire channel banned yet, but at one point, I was on a view only mode for seven days. Uh, they took me out of the creator fund, which you know, would make a couple of pennies a day. Um, the most I ever made today is $107. And that was back when I was very first started on the channel, a million views on the video. But I've had, for instance, um, you know, I've paid $2 for, you know, 87 cents or something like that. They took me out of the creator fund for six months because they said that I was, you know, violated their guidelines. But here's where I'm going with this, folks. I have been dicked around and screwed around on TikTok, but I have never once said that my free speech was being muffled or being silenced because at the end of the day, I have to practice what I preach and I have to say that you know, TikTok, even though it is a completely fucked up app, it has some of the most screwed up rules and regulations I've ever seen. And there definitely needs to be an overhaul to how they do business. But that being said, it's still their platform. I'm still speaking on their platform. And if they don't want to, and for whatever reason, that video gets taken down, yes, it's bullshit on their platform, but it's not me having my free speech taken away from me. There's other platforms. I'm on one right now. If you listen to my podcast, I'm still talking. You know, the whole idea of cancel culture, uh, you know, I've always said, if you get canceled uh, by one group, the next group will pick you up. If, if, if suddenly, for for no reason whatsoever, if I just did a complete 180 and went completely right-wing and, you know, mega uh, far right on you guys, uh, yeah, you guys would tune off and tune out of the podcast. And, uh, yeah, I'm sure my successful won't be doing no more videos for them. I would get took off of that platform, but I guarantee you Martin Taylor Green would have me in a rally in a heartbeat to say, oh, look at this. God, it just suddenly turned around, and, and you know, I would find another platform to get on. But it's just disgusting to me how these people have have hijacked free speech, and now they're the they're the champions of the you know the people pushing the free speech narrative. Uh, that's that's pretty disturbing to me these days. Uh, that someone like Elon Musk now seems to have his uh, finger on the pulse of free speech. Um, but that's where we're at, and um, you know we, we we're seeing. Vision amongst the Republican Party. It's going to be very interesting to see how it all plays out uh, between, say, Ron DeSantis and, uh, and Donald Trump. Um, I think Ron DeSantis is more extreme than Donald Trump. He's probably more dangerous than Donald Trump. But I don't know if he has the cult of personality that Donald Trump has. I don't know if he has that uh, whatever charisma that it is that they see in Donald Trump. We don't see it. But apparently other people do. And, uh, you know, I feel like Ron DeSantis is a candidate that we could. I don't know that Joe Biden could beat Ron DeSantis, to be that honest with you, but I think Ron DeSantis 
bad guy kicked the shit out of the good guy. And I've said this probably on episodes of before, I've probably said it on TikTok videos before, but, uh, you know, Donald Trump brought some pro wrestling. He took the gimmick of the Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase and uh, pretty much played it to a heel. The Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase was a rich, spoiled, arrogant, lying, cheating sack of shit. Racist as hell, too. Uh, he really was. Go back and watch all the, the shit that he did. Uh, and he would go out there and say that everybody has a price and he could, he could buy people off. You know, Trump says he could shoot somebody in the middle of Fifth Avenue or whatever it was and not lose his supporters. Then he's all managed to come out and say, everybody's got a price. I can buy off everybody here. You know, and uh, and people filled up arenas to, to watch Macho Man kick his ass. And, you know, that's pretty much what's going on today. People are buying into this rhetoric because they love watching Donald Trump own the live. And for whatever reason, uh, they feel like if they can hold the lid, their life will be better. But, you know, Republicans, what did they do when, when they ran? They ran on inflation, the border, and crime. What did they do when they got in office? They went straight to Hunter Biden's laptop, investigating Nancy Pelosi. And they're actually going to investigate the officer who had to take down Ashley Day. They're going to investigate that guy. Now, this is the party of back to blue. This is the party that, think, that says when it comes to George Floyd and when it comes to Breonna Taylor, they should have with law enforcement, and there's no excuse. They should have complied. They should have respected the blue. And anybody that protested after that was un-American for doing that. But we're going to investigate the man who had to take down a woman who who participated in a terrorist act and tried to overthrow the government. We're going to investigate that guy. You know, somebody out there, if you got a little dude, feel free to look this up for me. I haven't looked into this yet, but I just wonder if there were people back in the day who wanted the officer who arrested John Wilkes Booth to be investigated. I wonder if when John Wilkes Booth assassinated President Lincoln, if there were people, I'm sure there were. I'm, as a matter of fact, I know there were definitely Booth sympathizers. Uh, but I, I just wonder if there's anybody in government. I wonder if anybody in government would want that officer investigated. Or was there anybody in, in, in government wanting, you know, to investigate? Uh, it, it's, just, it's just ridiculous, folks, that we've come to that they're so blatant. They're so they're not even they're not even trying to hide it anymore. I mean, we don't have uh, news networks anymore. We have political propaganda. Uh, and, and 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 people are just up there. Uh, Tucker Carlson is not even trying to hide the fact that he is one hundred percent spewing Republican Russian propaganda. And he's doing so with a with a with a large audience in front of him. Um so you know, here we are in a place in American history where we're going to investigate the police officer that uh, that took down a woman that was part of an insurrection. We're going to investigate him, but now they're, you know, they get the guy that put the, the, the knee in George Floyd's neck, he was treated unfairly according to conservatives. You can't even make this shit up. And they don't even, like I said, they don't even try to hide the racism anymore. They're just right out with it. Elon Musk is, is he reinstates the Twitter accounts of white supremacists and engaging with them, sharing their stuff, sharing their conspiracy theories. And that's all okay, everybody, because, well, we have to have free speech. And even people on the left, there are people on the left, like Bill Marsh, saying, well, we can't really call it disinformation. We can't really call it disinformation. What the fuck are we supposed to call it? You know, I understand that two people can sit down and have a conversation and maybe not have all their facts in a row. I understand that, you know, I, I can see some of the arguments made that, well, this person didn't purposely spread this information. 
clear the taste with misinformation spread on purpose. But when you have doctors who have been barred for, you know, you've got doctors barred that you're letting sit in the chair and spew their propaganda from that chair, uh, you know, especially in the middle of a global pandemic, you just have to be more conscious with that. I mean, we're going to learn as we go forward. We're going to learn all sorts of things as we go forward about COVID. And there's going to be times that, that we're going to get certain things wrong. So I do understand the argument that, well, you know, we call that misinformation and now we can see it to be true. I get that argument. But, but when we knowingly know, hey, this person was barred from their profession because they were saying things that just wasn't true, why give them the microphone? Why not have a little bit more responsibility? You know, and, and it's, like I said before, you know, we've all, I'm sure, out there uh, watched or listened to watch documentaries and listen to podcasts about conspiracy theories and all. A bunch of them want to know who was on the grassy knoll that day. But these are conspiracy theories that are dangerous. They're conspiracy theories that are stoked in the fire. And uh, more and more stuff just keeps happening. We've had another mass shooting out in Colorado at a gay nightclub. We had a shooting in Virginia at a Walmart. And, um, the conspiracy theories will pop up and everyone will start spreading them and everyone will start picking up, choosing up sides and nothing will get accomplished. You know, and I know there's a whole lot of people on the left who are probably going to get upset with this what I'm about to say, but, uh, you know, the first thing that the left will do, they will come out and say we have a God problem. And I'm the first to admit that, yeah, uh, you know, no one needs an AR-15. Uh, no, I mean, I don't think anyone should have one personally. And I think that uh, it is far too easy for people to walk out and have access to guns. However, that being said, I don't think guns are the problem. Um, we have uh, a problem in this country with a certain demographic of men, and that demographic of men are, you know, middle-aged white dudes who feel like that their ideology and their lifestyle and everything they believe in and everything they ever held sacred, they believe that stuff's being erased, and they believe that because guys like Tucker Carlson, Sean Hannity, Alex Jones, all these guys are constantly feeding them this narrative that they're being erased from history. And they're going out here, and they're committing these acts of violence, and then where I think the left slips up is we blame it on the gun, and when we blame it on the gun, that just gives them more ammunition, no pun intended, it gives them more ammunition to come back up and say, these guys are trying to take away your life, and just feed them into their narrative even more so. When the truth of the matter is, women have the same exact access to firearms. Okay. Uh, the gay community has the same access to firearms. Why aren't women uh, going out to commit mass murder? Why aren't they doing it? We need to start having the conversation about men. And we need to have, start having the conversation about how men cannot control their emotions. And we need to start having the conversation, yes, let's have the conversation about mental illness, but let's talk about what is triggering the mentally ill. Again, no pun intended. But what is, what is triggering these people? You have mentally disturbed people sitting on social media, clicking on every conspiracy theory that Elon Musk embraces, clicking on every uh, link of Tucker Carlson and Alex Jones and all the shit they're saying. And then they're going out here doing things, and then, oh, well, wait, you can't blame them. You can't blame Tucker Carlson. You can't blame Lauren Bober. You can't blame Martin Taylor Green for all their hateful rhetoric. No. It's not their fault. Now, like I said, the start of this episode, I'm the father of five children, four girls and a boy, and I have a grandson. Now, just imagine. We'll just take my son, Bryson. Bryson's 15. Bryson's already a six foot tall with 285 pounds. I think I got the big show living with him. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm going to have Andre the Giant in the family. But uh, that being said, imagine if I just begin picking on Bryson Cox. 
in front of the rest of the show. Let's just say that I said to Bryson, on the day of the day, Bryson, you're acting like a sissy. Stop acting like a sissy, Bryson. And get out there and show everybody that you're tough. Get out there and fight like hell, Bryson, and show everybody what a tough guy you really are. Don't let people think you're a pussy, Bryson. Come on, Bryson. Show us what a, show us what a real man is. And then he went to school, picked up a book, and whacked some kid on the with well, my family would look around and say, well, Dad, you know, you was constantly telling him all these things, and then just imagine if I sit back and said, you can't blame that on me. No, you, you can't blame that on me. I never said he was a, I never said he was a sissy. I said he was acting like a sissy. Uh, I never said that he should actually. Now, yeah, I mean, I told him to fight like hell, but I didn't mean to pick up. I never one time said pick up a book and hit his head with I never said that. We need, to, we need to focus on mental illness here, and we need to focus on teenagers and their, and their mental illness. Imagine how stupid that would be. Imagine how people with any slight thread of fucking common sense could hear that and go, hey, this guy berated his kid and then the kid went out of his son. And then I just stand back and go, well, thoughts and prayers. I didn't say nothing. I really didn't tell you anything. That is just how ridiculous these people are. And that is the crazy-ass world that we're living in. And when people like us stand up and start talking, the great Bill Hicks said it best. He said, we live in a world where a plea for sanity sounds like sour grapes. And I'm sure there are people who listen to this podcast, and I know for a fact that there's people who watch my videos on TikTok, and these are videos I do for my discussion, and these comments in the comment section saying that I'm just full of sour grapes. One guy actually commented, and I didn't reply to this comment because I didn't want TikTok to immediately whack the video and accuse me of uh, abusive behavior, but this guy actually commented and said, I just think that you guys are just jealous. It's just jealousy because, you know, he does so many good things for our country, unlike the guy we have now, and uh, and you're just, y'all are just jealous that your guy hasn't had a success in Trump. And I started to pin it, and I started to go off on it, and then I thought, well, they'll just say that I'm being abusive to this dude who said these things. So I'm going to probably start pinning more comments from people who are in agreement with me. And just kind of elaborate, uh, hey, great point, let me keep going, as opposed to trying to say, hey, you're a fucking moron. Because, because apparently, excuse me, apparently if you, um, if you come over to our pages and call us a fucking moron, we're not allowed to come back and reply to you about that being considered abusive behavior. I actually have one video, I know I'm all over the place today, it's a random uh, episode for sure, but I actually have one video that was removed for persuasion. Apparently, I was trying to persuade people to think like me, which is funny, because isn't that the point of pretty much every video on social media is to try to kind of persuade someone to enjoy it? We're afraid to persuade someone that hits the follow button or the like button. Uh, so I thought that was pretty funny. But man, we live in a crazy world, and it's only going to get crazier, and it's only going to get louder. And, um, you know, I made a video talking about how that I didn't feel like something way that I feel like it's going to be eternal, and a good friend of mine left a comment and said, well, I really think it's going to fade out, and to that friend who listens to this podcast, I just want to say I really hope you're right on this one, and I will buy you a beer when you are, <laughs> because uh, I really hope he fades away. I hope this is the last gas. You know, anytime somebody gets thrown out of the bar, they're all like the loudest on the way out the door. Like, right when the door is usually when they yell the loudest, and so um, let's just hope that this is and bounce out. And let's hope that, uh, that it fades away. It doesn't turn into the crazy, sick religion.
Mango Chamber. I get told that all the time, but if I was just looking to undermine it and it left off, I would see all the, the wrong things I'm thinking. So maybe one day I may just start, you know. I did this thing in the comments on TikTok, and I may start just reading my hate mail on YouTube and just comment. But anyway, I want to thank you guys so much for listening to this week's Real Estate Talk. Be sure also, don't forget this, uh, me and Texas Paul are still doing the uh, the TNT podcast, which airs Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern Time on Texas Paul YouTube channel. Uh, we uh, took this last week off because of the holidays. Everybody was gearing up for that. And so uh, we're going to get back to the saddle, and we might even start doing more than one episode a week of that. Uh, we're going to be bringing guests on to that show, too. So um, just uh, continue to follow me wherever it is that you follow me. Hope everyone has a really good uh, Thanksgiving. Hope everyone had a really good Thanksgiving. Hope everyone survived this Black Friday. Hope everyone has a great weekend. And let's get geared up and uh, have a good holiday season as we go forward. I hope everyone uh, manages to uh, have a good uh, Christmas and uh, we go into 2023. And uh, as long as, uh, you know, there's never going to be a shortage of content, folks. That's that can be said for sure. I will always have stuff to talk about because the world just keeps getting crazy. So uh, as we keep moving forward, I'm just going to continue to try to be a voice of reason in the mad world. And uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in and supporting. What it is that I do. You guys mean the world to me, so happy holidays. All of you.